0: It's, uh, it's the first episode of a new year. I'm excited. I'm excited for the second calendar year of the Bonfire Sessions. How about you, Mike?
1: I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. You don't go up, you don't go up or down very much, do you? Just straight by the book.
1: Right. I'm more,
0: what, Swedish
1: or whatever. <laughs> Are you Swedish? Than American. I don't, I don't go for awesome or whatever. Bombastic. Yeah, I mean, whatever hyperbole the Americans are usually into. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I <laughs> I know. I get it. I'm used to it now. It was like when I asked you last time, were you excited about our book coming out? Jumping out of my fucking seat. <laughs> well, it's like,
1: I think Tiger Woods said this, like, he gets really excited when he, when he does really well. Yeah. But, but he gets super pissed off when he doesn't do well. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're extreme one way, you're going to be extreme the other. But I don't have, yeah, I I get a little excited and I get a little depressed. So, like, I'm, so I'm never going to commit suicide or anything like that. But
0: you're not going to jump for joy.
1: No. Yeah. And I'm not sure which one is better, honestly. I mean.
0: It's just different. I think, I, I have probably, I have more of a wide range, wide spectrum than you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's but I
0: feel time. you. I never like I'm still I'm kinda like you where you're just like, Matt, are you excited for that? Yeah, it's cool. I have that a little bit. But I still get amped. It just takes a little more. It takes takes a lot to get me real amped. And it takes a lot to get me real depressed. Right. So yeah, I'll take it.
1: And to be honest, I mean, I've had stuff happen to me but I do live a pretty sheltered life.
0: Yeah. A pretty safe life. Yeah. yeah I mean Historically speaking, yeah, I mean, I Jesus,
1: mean, <laughs> I'm not, you know, fighting for survival, yeah, like that. No, nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what would come out if I were on the battlefield or <laughs> 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 fucking William Wallace?
0: <laughs> they can never take our freedom. I I, I honestly <laughs> don't know if I would be a coward or a coward. Would... Where'd this guy come from? If I wouldn't, I'd be the stupid guy who, uh. The stupid guy who fucking just runs into battle <laughs> and fucking just, why'd you die, Matt? Well, I got a little too amped up. Because, <laughs> like, that's how I was in sports, like, in hockey. I'm pretty mild-mannered. But in hockey, I was fucking just, like, i pissed piss people off. I mean, I wasn't, like, like you, I, was, I wasn't, you like... You not see, like, red or anything? No. Yeah, you no, I just take it really... I, I go hard. Yeah fucking go hard like i was never dirty or anything like that but i just went hard <laughs> nice you went that's hard. what she said but yeah uh yeah here we are so our uh it's well it's weird it's always weird to record and talk as if you're in the future so it's not quite the new year it's sitting down in real time but this episode is after the new year so happy new year everyone i hope everyone had a good mm-hmm. a good fucking new year I don't know how mine went, but I'm sure it went okay. (laughs) It went great. I had a great New Year. You could pretend. So, no, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, other than that,
1: you have that get-together on New Year's?
0: Yeah, here's here's the deal. Well, no, we're going to my parents' tomorrow night for uh, (laughs) spending New Year's Eve with them. Right. With the kids and all that. So, we're doing Eastern Time because I'm not doing Midnight. Fuck that. My parents live forty five minutes away. Nice I'm not man. driving home at midnight. No, I just stay at night, and I don't want to do that either. So, it is what it is. It's um, pretty smart. Yeah, I'm a very wise man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beauty of getting old. <clears throat> uh, no, then yeah. So, upcoming, I've got uh, I've got a little get together where I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rapping in front of people, some local friends, mm-hmm. some people I don't know. That a buddy of mine is putting on this thing and. He invited some people because I'm trying to get ready for this fucking show in LA coming up, man. I, I was talking to you about it earlier. I'm hella nervous. So, as of the time this came out, it'll already be done. But yeah, I'm about to go, uh, about to go do a live show of the Heritage Happy Hour in the OC. I think it's our fifth one, but this time—oh, that's it. Fifth or sixth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the first time we're doing a fifth episode. As Jamal would say. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he likes to take the long route home sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, but this time I'm going to be doing three songs before. And I'm not sure. Like, I I started feeling like my my stomach was in knots today. I was nervous, anxious. But. Hella nervous. Kudos for doing it, no matter how it turns out. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You just got to walk in with some confidence, man. That's all. I just don't want to forget lyrics. That's my greatest fear. But I've been practicing, and I haven't forgot lyrics yet, so.
1: That I, seems pretty unlikely, right, with the song that you wrote your, yourself? like
0: Yeah, I'm pretty... Uh, well, yeah, it still takes practice, though. Because, like, when you write, you don't memorize it. You just know it fits, and you do little bits at a time, mm-hmm. at least when I do. I just know when I write
1: prose, like, I spend so much time crafting each sentence yeah. that it kind of etches itself in my mind. Yeah. It's not that hard for <laughs> me to,
0: you know, just... Say out loud, verbatim what I wrote. Yeah. Yeah, which is probably why I haven't forgotten the lyrics. Like I've read them so many times while writing and making sure yeah. it fits. It's the only the only hard part about like if you're given a speech that you memorize, you could pause for a little bit. Oh, and then it triggers your memory. Oh right. I mean, but you got the you got the rhythm. Right? I got the cadence. Cadence. Yeah, you fuck up you fuck up one lyric and it could yeah. lead to when do I jump back in and like? Because every now and then, yeah, I'll fuck up one word, but you just make it fit in, on the fly, or a couple words you might pause and then know when to jump in. But if you get fucked up like where you can't jump back in, then you're gonna look like a like an unprofessional. And I don't want to be an unprofessional, man. I'm not trying to be that, but it'll be a new experience, something I've never done before. So I'm pretty stoked, actually. I'm excited and, and nervous. So
1: yeah, I think that's how that works. That's yeah. how that works, man.
0: You know, it's like the first time you do anything, man. The first time I did a live show for the Heritage Happy Hour was like two years ago or two and a half years ago down in OC. And I was nervous as fuck, man. There was like 50 people there. It was all tight. It was like tight space. So everyone was like, it looked like a, it looked like a ton of people, which I love better. I love that. Like, I'd rather have less people in a tight space than a little more people in a huge space. Because then it's just, it looks weird. And the energy is different. But in a real tight space where someone's right next to you and everyone's just crowded, you're like, holy shit, that made me nervous as fuck. Now I don't give a fuck.
1: I was super nervous when I did that live show. Yeah. Yeah, I know you were. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was just, I had written out everything that I wanted to say. Yeah. could possibly come up and I was just reading it over and over again. Yeah. Just
0: etch it into my mind. Yeah, which is actually like, sometimes that's not, that's like counter, counter, beneficial counterproductive. Counterproductive. Yeah. well I, it didn't go to
1: script and mm-hmm. I actually i think it went it didn't go to script how how
0: i thought it might unfold in my yeah. mind but i was able to jump around oh yeah yeah you did fine i could well i mean we've been talking forever so i could tell you're nervous i don't think other yeah. people could keith keith mentioned something He was like was mike, was mike really nervous so i was like yeah he was nervous but i don't everyone yeah it was good yeah. i haven't heard any negative reviews about you that's that's all I care about. That's all you care about. Is people talking shit. <laughs> Someone's always going to talk shit, man. I've learned that for sure. There's always going to be someone to talk shit, but that's just the nature of the game, son.
1: I would I would take that as a compliment. I so, mean, someone talking shit. Well, it would be progress for me because I put myself out there.
0: Right. Yeah. That someone listened and pay attention. Yeah, and that I'm saying something that that gets someone to react in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it takes guts to put yourself out there in any sort of way like that. man. I mean, people talk about how like, (laughs) cause we're in the holidays, like just going to family for like, you know, group of 10 or 15 people. Oh my God. But when you start putting yourself out there, even like, even this show, like a hundred people, that's a lot of people to talk to, man. A lot of fucking, could you imagine a hundred people sitting around here and we're talking? No. So it takes, I mean, uh, that'd be crazy, but, you're still putting yourself out there. So it's something to be proud of, I think. It takes guts. Yeah. It's not something most people do. So anyway. Let's get into it today. But before we do that, a word from our beverage. We went we went back to the just the you know, I think the most it's a classic. Classic um, consistent whiskey, which is uh, Jameson. And, uh, there's, there's not much to say about Jameson. Uh, we've, we've drank it before on the show. I got to visit the, the distillery when I was in Ireland. I learned how they make it. It is unique in how they make it. Um, I learned why, I like, Jameson is really smooth. Cause they, um, some with the cooking process that they use something, I forget what it is, different than, like, Scottish whiskey, which is more smoky. You get that smoky flavor that I kind of like to be honest mm-hmm. uh, but they use I think in Scotland peat moss and it, and it puts off smoke oh that's cool and whatever they use in the Jameson distillery for, for the life of me I can't remember what it is it doesn't smoke so it that's part of why it's really smooth or it doesn't have that smoky flavor whereas you know I think Finlagan is that the real smoky shit that we drank I think early yeah. on and I've had it since and it is like whoo boy it's been to a coal <laughs> piece of charcoal
1: i like i like both i I guess i I mean that's that's kind of like the difference between whiskey and rum i mean Mm -hmm. rum is generally smoother right i mean what do you say
0: um well it depends i've had some pretty harsh rums and i've had some really smooth rums but i've had some really smooth whiskeys jameson's really smooth if you if you if you just drink it straight just take a little Mm -hmm. like sip of it clean palate and all that you'll feel the heat in your mouth but you won't feel the heat going down. So it's it's really smooth.
1: So if you had to say the difference between whiskey and rum, I mean, could you
0: um I mean, could you say that in a
1: like a single word descriptor or, or is that just
0: I don't want to say rum is way. more floral, but it has it has more um I think rum has more flavor. Not in a good or bad way, it just has more flavors. Mm. Like you can taste. More complicated. Uh, yeah, whiskey can be complicated too. Or complex. Maybe. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like whiskey, if you were going to mix whiskey, it would go better with a lot more different things than rum because rum is maybe a little more.
1: Oh it's well like
0: specific the, to a certain
1: palate. The difference between vodka and gin. Er,
0: sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that might be a good analogy. Vodka you can pretty much put in anything. Yeah. Cuz it, it um and then gin, ooh okay. You got some botanicals and fucking juniper and shit. Might be a little awkward with yeah. certain things that that vodka would go with. Yeah. Um I don't know if I had to pick one if it was my desert island alcohols and I had to choose between whiskey and rum. I wouldn't have to because both would be on the top five. But if I had to, I'd go with whiskey. Hard alcohols. Yeah, if you just had right. to pick five hard alcohols, you can never have anything more than these five types. Um, I would probably do gin, honestly. If it was just one? Yeah. You'd go gin?
1: Uh, yeah. It, it's a little bit safer. Like I feel generally better in the morning with the lighter alcohol. Oh, sure.
0: Yeah, no. I get and
1: that. I I do actually like the way it tastes. Yeah. that's that's more of a recent thing. I get why people
0: don't like it, but yeah, I got I, over that. I get it. It's definitely unique. You know when you're drinking gin, you might and not. I, and you I might... like I like strong flavors. Like I like yeah. strong coffee. Yeah, me too. I love strong coffee. Love strong coffee for sure. And I like strong drinks. I don't like the fufu yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want things diluted with sugar or things like that. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather just drink something straight. If I had to pick one, I'd probably still go with whiskey.
1: I don't... Or okay. wine.
0: Or wine. Like, if, if it was just not hard alcohol, it was just any alcohol, I might go wine if I had to pick one. But... But the thing
1: is, the, the best whiskey I've had is better than the best gin I've
0: had. Mm. But bad whiskey can be really rough. But yeah, black velvet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I'm not trying to fuck with that shit. I'm not drinking that ever again, probably. Yeah. Which cunt made this in his bathtub? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing today. And the topic of today, I think it's a good one. I'm really excited about it, actually. Uh, We're going to do, well, I think I'm going to title it Everyone Cherry Picks. And, of course, meaning that. If you are a religious person, or you're a person of some sort of faith tradition, maybe even if you're not,
1: I would say, when you
0: approach any sort of text, you cherry pick in some way. Even the most fundamentalist of anything still cherry picks.
1: Any, I mean, any controversial idea, like politically, I know that I cherry pick. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, like we're going to talk about theologically. I, I cherry pick, sure. biblically, whatever. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's not a surprise. Knowing you, knowing me, that's not a surprise. I think where the disconnect is is that some people think they don't, and they do. I made a point on this uh, on Facebook the other day. Because Trump's president, and we must talk about Trump <laughs> in every episode, <laughs> so I must bring him up, you know, within 15 minutes of the show. Um, Trump is president, and he's backed by white conservative evangelicals pretty much across the board. 80%? It might be lessening. Christianity Today said he should be convicted and removed and all that stuff. So maybe there's some white evangelicals who I'm are... really
1: interested if that... If that is going to make a dent, I'm I, I, well,
0: I, I a skeptic. I don't think it will. Okay. But, yeah, maybe it will. Maybe it will. Do you think it will?
1: I, I mean, I, I, honest, I don't
0: think it'll keep him from getting reelected. There you go. Neither do I. Which is all that matters. Which is all that matters. Um, but for the most part, when someone like Trump gets into the presidency and a group of people, white evangelicals, support him like across the board no matter what, they will appeal to something like Romans 13, which is the whole like submit to the government that Paul's writing about to Rome about you know to the Romans about the Roman government, blah blah blah. I made the point on Facebook are these evangelicals saying the same thing when Obama was president? Of course not. And I, I made some sarcastic quip about like um when Obama's president, they forgot that chapter existed <laughs> and now Trump's president. They realize it does. Yeah. you know, so it's just, they'll appeal to the scriptures when it suits what they support. But when it doesn't, they won't appeal to that same text. Cause like when, when Rome was in charge and Paul's writing this letter, he's been imprisoned. <laughs> he's writing letters to different churches. I mean, he's talking from a context of Rome being like the shittiest horrible, you know, empire ever. And he's saying still, like, submit it and we can talk about what that means on a different time. But the point being is like, well, even if Obama's the shittiest president ever, and he's like, wants to take down America and he's a socialist, commie bastard, you should still submit to him. You should still be quoting Romans 13 and not if you want to be consistent with the way you
1: i mean that's an o- that's an obvious oversight yeah i'd would, i'd would be curious you know just to be fair nah meh nah. well like i was i w- i was trying to think of examples for democrats but like the republicans had obama first so then you you get to see how they react, mm-hmm. but I mean obviously Democrats would be trying to um, you know put them in the best possible light. But then you switch to you know Trump's presidency, and it seems that you don't get to see the hypocritical side of the Democrats just because of how one played
0: up for the other. Hmm. But isn't that because they're Kind of cherry-picking, though.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, they are.
0: They are. Uh, I just can't quite
1: put it into words yet. Hmm. For some reason.
0: Yeah, it seems like with Obama's presidency, yeah, yeah, Democrats failed to call him on some stuff, but they weren't appealing to the Bible to do so. Whereas conservative evangelicals will appeal to the Bible when it suits their needs to fit their Trumpian... Right, agenda. Because that, yeah,
1: because that's their thing. That's their thing. The Bible isn't necessarily the Democrats.
0: Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's for good conservative evangelicals. But, I mean, yeah, everyone cherry-picks. Like, I, I think people people even who supported Obama and didn't call him on anything cherry pick something. They cherry pick their morality or, you know, it was still their guy, so they they didn't know, you know, they wouldn't talk so much about how the drone program got expanded under Obama as opposed to Bush, who was like the worst person ever.
1: Oh, there you go. You know, they... I mean, my problem is I don't
0: know the Obama uh, presidency all that well. Yeah. Like you said, you got into politics more when Trump was elected. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But there were people who were way into politics, who were way liberal, who didn't say nothing about that. And it's like, okay, we'll be consistent. Like, you're still cherry picking. If a Bush was doing this, you'd be all up in arms, but now Obama's doing it, but even a little bit worse, and you don't say nothing. So everyone cherry-picks. It's just interesting that, I mean, I just see it so blatantly when it comes to Trump, or when it comes to conservatism. Not even Trump. Like, take Trump out of the equation. When it comes to people who don't say they cherry-pick, well, maybe Democrats say they don't cherry-pick either, but my context is coming from a conservative evangelical background, so I just notice it more when it's the people I grew up with and lived with forever. Like, it's like, y'all don't, you say you don't cherry-pick the Bible. You accuse me of cherry-picking. Well, sure, in some way, of course. You just don't recognize it. That's the problem. You do it, too.
1: Well, I mean, that's, cherry-picking doesn't even necessarily need to have a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I do. I, exactly. I, I don't listen to the difficult passages on eternal conscious torment, or
0: like I read it in a different way. Or, um, yeah, I'd say on those, I just read it in a different way. It's not that. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. I can't think of one that I would flat out disagree with in every possible way of understanding it.
0: Right, but you just when you put it in its proper context, it's. It just becomes clear what that there might be something going on that's different. It's like, um, so I'm doing this. I'll, uh, I'm doing. I'm blogging again, but I'm not blogging for Pathos any longer. I'm just blogging on my site, and it's gonna. You have to pay at least a dollar a month mm-hmm. to get to it, because you know whatever. I don't need to blog, but I'm going to. And what I'm doing is that I'm commenting on the lectionary. So whatever the lectionary gospel I'm doing, I'm doing the gospels first. So I'm doing year A, then year B, then year C. And so there's like a passage for that year's or that week's lectionary. And I'm just making comments on it. And that's going to be my blog entry for each week. And of course, one of the first ones was Matthew 25, 31 through 46, which is the sheep and the goats. Some go to, you know, eternal punishment. Some go to eternal life. You know, we all know the passage. Um, it's not that I don't. Re- it's not that I reject those. I'm just. I just put it in its proper context. Like, like for instance, Jews did not have an agreed upon view of the afterlife. In fact, in Judaism, the afterlife is not really something they talk about too much. There's not. There's not something like in the evangelical church of a defined doctrine of hell. Let's say. So when Jesus is speaking to this that we then use to justify hell, he's speaking in a different context. He's talking about something that's much different than if you were preaching s- something on hell in your 21st century church yeah. like the people he's talking to don't have a concept of people burning forever in hell when he even says the sheep and the goats parable and so I argue that this is not what's really going on he's talking about something else and it's not what you say it means so it's not that I, it's not that even I reject the hell passages or Lazarus and the rich man, or, you know, other passages. There's so many of them. It's just that you read it in this proper context. I mean, even the, even the passages about like God commanding genocide, well, then we have to really evaluate how we view these scriptures. And if you, if you view everything as if God like wrote the Bible, of course you're going to come up with these conclusions. That's an absurd premise. Like, your premise on, like, God killing Sodom and Gomorrah, or God flooding the entire world, or God sending plagues and killing firstborn sons and shit like that. Yeah, the text says that. That's what the people believed. That's what's said of God. I agree with you. In fact, that's my problem. But it goes back to, well, what's going on in these texts? Do we really think they had an accurate view of God? Well, yes, it's the word of God well, that's an absurd premise that I'm not willing to concede. So just
1: generally, overall, you're trying to cherry-pick the universalist narrative out of the Bible. I mean, you're, you're choosing the passages that you don't have to manipulate from, like, the standard view.
0: No, I'm not trying to manipulate anything. I honestly think, well, for one, I think Jesus himself had a... Cherry, I, 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 he cherry picked if that's the right term in a specific way and he eliminated God's violence and wrath and vengeance and all that kind of stuff and I got that originally from Michael Harden and I wrote books on this shit <laughs> like there's an obvious pattern there's an obvious pattern in Paul that he the joke is that Paul would fail seminary <laughs> because he used things so out of context and cherry-picked in such a way that was very uh, unique, creative. So
1: when you when you cherry-pick, that's saying that you're choosing this one thing out of an idea that... Like you're trying to change the agreed-upon meaning?
0: Um, in, in some way, I think you do. And even Christians do that. Like, it's... It's very interesting. Like, like Isaiah 53, the, um, the poem's about the suffering servant, right? Like, that's... That we equate to Jesus, and that's where the penal substitution folks get that sort of uh, theory of the atonement is where one spot is because it says, like, God was, like, pleased to have him struck down. And so you get this sort of, okay... Yeah, this is where you can get that sort of um, idea. But in a lot of Jewish circles, the poem of the suffering servant is about Israel as a corporate entity and not Jesus per se. It, it has nothing to do with a future Messiah. I mean, there's some Jews who would say that, from what I understand. And so when Christians go and say this is about Jesus, there, of course, going with a creative interpretation from what it originally meant. And and the problem is, is that they wouldn't recognize that. And they would never think that their interpretation of the Bible is creative. You know what I mean? Like they would say, this is the word of God. It's clear. It's obvious. It just is. They wouldn't think they're using some sort of creative interpretive method to get to their conclusions. But in reality, they are. And that's really just what I want people to admit, is that most of the time, when it comes to the Bible, it's probably some sort of interpretation. It might be more creative or less creative, but it's an interpretation nonetheless. So we're always going to have some sort of cherry-picking, because we're all such subjective interpreters
1: of everything. So I guess what I'm saying is, what I mean by cherry-picking is that we all have this worldview um, that we're trying to verify through all these different texts. So we're going to, we're going to focus in on the ones that confirm universalism or liberalism or.
0: Um... Yeah. Yeah. We might do that for sure. Um, Cause even, even the pat, but, but, but on the, on the flip side, fundamentalists need to realize that they're tough. They're cherry picking the ones that affirm their already supposed worldview.
1: Yeah, that's that's just how I'm defining cherry picking.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the difference is that, like, especially like when it comes to universalists or people who believe in God as a nonviolent thing or force or whatever, came from a place where they viewed things in a more fundamentalist way and realized that it just. it it ends up being very wanting. Like, you're you're still cherry-picking certain things, but when you test those things out in real time, they don't seem to stand up. A God who is wholly loving does seem to stand up much more logically and experientially. That's just how things
1: have worked in my life. Well, I think that's the way to go about life in general. Um, Experience first? Yeah. I mean, experientially what topics have does, does universalism, does it confirm more experiential stuff than Calvinism? Uh, It seems like it does. To me, it does. Uh, I mean, like you like to say, which I totally agree with. I mean, you haven't experienced the God of eternal conscious torment. It's just, Mm -hmm. you, it's only an idea. You haven't
0: run across it in your day to day life. No. Or the God who elects some of his kids. And not others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's that's nothing I've ever experienced. I only have one kid, so I would elect her. But if I had three, I could never imagine choosing two. And, and neither can Calvinists, which is why they don't go with experience first. They go with biblical truths first or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all they have to stand on. Yeah, they can't really appeal to experience because yeah. they themselves have never experienced that, unless they're a fucking asshole.
1: Well, they have, but they've been cherry-picking.
0: Yeah. So Well we've all been cherry picking. Right. I, mean, I just like they to ch- were they were cherry picking in a bad way. I think so. In a in, in a, a, not not in an honest way. But not in an honest way. That's the thing, I think. That's the that's the ticket right there. Is that a lot of times these people quote the Bible as if they've never had an experience that I've ever shared and it doesn't seem like they're being honest. Like when someone says that Like a Calvinist, for instance, says that someone's going to burn forever before they were ever born because that was elected to be so because God is so sovereign that this is the way the theology works. They're not being honest in that they've ever experienced something like that. They're just completely like just saying something based
1: on an interpretation of the Bible. I mean, Um, well, there is a continuum, like, you know, the walk from an abusive fundamentalist father isn't that much further than it's on the same path at least mm. as uh, a God that um, allows eternal conscious torment. I mean, but it's of the same kind at least. Mm. So I don't know if I get or, get it or not, but I suppose, yeah, saying every saying that everything is on a continuum. I mean, there's, there's uh unhealthy forms of quote unquote love, Mm. you know, that can always be drawn out to their extreme. Mm. Uh, And, and I mean, it's easier to see how they could be called love, you know, in the more moderate sense, but Mm. not when you draw them out to their logical conclusion.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. They have a, they have an interesting skewed view of love, but, but still, I don't think that they, for the most part, even agree with that in the real time. Like the Calvinists that I used to know, like they uh, they seem to love their kids a lot more than how they said God loves people. More than they ought to. <laughs> more than they ought to. Yeah, you should be a little more harsh with them because, because the way you're describing your love for your kids sounds better than the way you're describing God's love for people. Like that just... seems like you're more loving than the theology you have or the God you believe in.
1: And maybe you just have to take on faith that direct experience is more consequential than non-direct experience. Mm -hmm. One matters more than the other. Like, and I would say it is because you can't, you can't change direct experience. It just happens, but you can, you can change your thought patterns so that you don't manifest these things in some other kind of way. Mm. Like, I mean, evils of the mind do exist, mm-hmm. but you have more control over that than changing the fundamental nature of reality and love and mm. being, consciousness, bliss, all mm. that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people want to change, though. People seem set in their ways. Change becomes a very... Anyone of the fundamentalist mindset change becomes a very difficult thing and just change as such. Not like, I mean, even the most fundamentalist person would say they need to change, but only in this one direction, which is already what they believe the world is based on their reading of the Bible. But yeah, yeah, change becomes very difficult. Like actual change, just changing based on your experiences, changing based on shedding, your preconceived notions or your presuppositions. I mean it I think it always
1: has to come from an outside source, some sort of supernatural mm. jolt. Like mm. like God puts you in some sort of situation where you can't possibly believe anything other than I, I mean a vision, I guess that's what
0: I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. That's like a, I think that's a great interpretation of Paul.
1: Something yeah, something akin to, you know, Paul's where was he walking towards
0: on the damascus road
1: damascus yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. i think that's um maybe that's true maybe that's true i uh i still have this inclination toward like people can't change unless they want to change but maybe the want to change is the supernatural thing. Maybe God gets you to, maybe God hits you yeah. with, it, with a jolt. I mean. No, it's more fundamental. than that. Yeah. Way. Chicken yeah. and egg maybe. I, I, I don't know. But, but I think you're right. Like, I think the people, I, I realized this. When I first, like, discovered that when Jesus approached his Bible creatively and Paul the same way, and they quote unquote cherry picked in, in a certain way. I tried to present facts and evidence and this and that and people still didn't want to see it or they didn't, they just said I was wrong. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I am because you're not given, you're like, you're not giving evidence that I'm not right about how, like I, I didn't see what I didn't see. Yeah. Like it's right there in the text. Like, yeah, well, you these dudes were very creative. I didn't, I can't unsee that. And does the person who I'm talking to maybe need, quote-unquote a jolt from god to get them to see that or were Uh, they always were they well they always live in that confirmation bias that they don't see it i I mean
1: i think just by by definition you would need you need at least an outside source if you want to call it a jolt or not whatever like a, a gentle nudge yeah anything that isn't outside of your um normal cognitive grooves that you travel
0: yeah but are those always happening or do they hit us when we're open to them?
1: Like, I think when you're weak, when you're tired, when you're, when you're tired and you're ready to let go. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know. I waver on that sort of like, I don't know if I ever had like a jolt or if I was just, yeah, if I was tired, if I was ready, like palms open, like, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't hold on to this anymore. I, and then you see the revelation. Yeah. Because the revelation's always been there. Because like if you want to use Christianese, God's always speaking to you. Well, you finally just like, and um, be like, fuck it. I'm, right. I'm pretty
1: sure for me, it was just giving up. Yeah, I,
0: I can't, I can't
1: think of any th- single thing that abolished mm. eternal conscious torment for me. Mm. Um, it, it was just a, a gradual building up of the evidence that slowly over time it becomes more solid mm-hmm. and now i know obviously i know i can feel it in my bones that i'm correct yeah yeah and i i feel like i'm being honest i, I guess that's mm-hmm. the biggest change is i feel like my conscience is doesn't have any problems like i'm not i don't have a split conscience
0: mm. i don't i don't feel like i do either and if i do happen to be wrong about the way i interpret the bible the way i cherry pick the way i conclude universalism yeah i can honestly say i've been honest like i, I i'm is there a chance i'm wrong i suppose but if i'm wrong it's not for lack of trying it's it's not for lack of well if you
1: if you're wrong the point is well at least your conscience is clear there you go yeah i mean you uh it's not hard to imagine someone or something that's more intelligent than me that could outfox me in some sort of way. Mm. But that's kind of neither here, here nor there. I mean, when right. people are sent to hell, it's usually because their motivations, there. Mm. the core of their being is corrupt.
0: And mm. I can't believe that for one second, though, man. I honestly can't. I can't believe the core of anyone's being is corrupt.
1: No, the spark of divinity. Yeah, you I mean, anything that exists, I believe, has the spark of divinity. Yeah.
0: And if that can be utterly done away with, then I... It's not for lack of trying that I can't understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've tried to understand that. I've tried to understand eternal torment from an experiential, irrational, logical, and exegetical philosophical level. I've tried. I really have. This is what people don't, I think, understand. Like, people just accuse, oh, you, you're cherry-picking because you want to do this. And it's like, no, I fucking... No, you were you're an, an atheist at one point. Yeah, I was, man. Because, and not a hard atheist, just, I can't believe that God exists. I just can't right now. And it's, it's like, no, I've been through the fucking... I've been through the mines of Moria. I've been through the fucking swamplands, man. I made it to Mordor. I walked up that goddamn fucking mountain. And I stood there on the precipice. Like, I've done it. And I feel like I have. Like, honestly. And it, it, going back to our last episode, it probably took years off my life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, fucking going on that journey, that spiritual journey, that can be represented by the fucking trilogy of the Lord of the Rings. Like, no, I fucking carried the burden, man. I did that. I I really I really went through this. So I'll be at least being honest. I might be wrong. Sure. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Sure. That, yeah,
0: sure. that that is always possible. That it's always possible. It's I always
1: said. gonna yeah. be logical logically possible I that, that
0: I was wrong about sure. something. hmm But it wasn't for a lack of trying. I'm not deceptive. You know? People think you're deceptive if you interpret the Bible differently than them. It's like I'm not being deceptive. I, I swear to you. Like I can't convince you right now that you think that. I really can't. And the more I try to defend myself, I'll take a little more topping off of that, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh the more I try to convince you that, the more I sound guilty. But no, I've never been deceptive about any anything theological ever. I've never written any book that I'm that is deception at all. I've never tried to prove anything other than the fact of something I sincerely believe and wrestle with anybody who knows you as
1: you know as well as I do or close to that would i mean they know that you're harder oh totally in the right place like, totally even if even if you're
0: wrong somehow
1: right i, w- I would follow you
0: into the oh Somalia would you god bless back. you I would too. I'd carry you too. I'd be like Sam. I'd carry your ass up the fucking mountain, you lazy bitch. Get your ass up, I'll carry you. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you.
1: <laughs> it's be <laughs> It's a beautiful thought, but it doesn't really roll out, roll off the tongue very well.
0: No, it doesn't. I don't know if a lot of Tolkien rolls off the tongue very well. Says I, don't a lot think of words. I don't think that was technically Tolkien though. No, I don't think it was. I think that was that, fucking it Hollywood.
1: Just, it's clunky. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah, yeah. I'd have to look back on <laughs> the *Return of the King* to see if, if Sam says that. I don't recall whether he does or not. I'd be I,
1: surprised if he did.
0: Yeah, it just seems too like. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you.
1: I mean, it's a deep sentiment, but it. Just, yeah,
0: I love the sentiment.
1: The wording just—I'm you know. sure Tolkien took two two
0: pages to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, though, that they're being honest, too. That fundamentalists are being honest. But then I just can't... I can't relate to that. Because I think if you're being honest, you don't conclude fundamentalism. If you're being really honest, I think you're just afraid. So I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, you interpret the Bible like this. You say it's this. You say it's that. You say it's the Word of God, blah, blah, blah.
1: I know. I mean, I, I <sighs> hate to write people off as being dishonest. All right, me too. But seriously, I don't... I don't see how you could possibly believe what you believe and nope. be honest about it.
0: Nope. But I can't either. I don't have the experiential knowledge to know what that's like. Cause the minute I started questioning things, the minute I went down the fucking rabbit hole, I'm going down this man, I'm going down this. And anyone who has like, I don't, I don't feel like they come out the other end. Like, yeah, you know what? Hardcore conservative fundamentalism <laughs> was the, the way to go. Like what right. the fuck? You know, like, I got, you don't hear of
1: many, you know, people who take ayahuasca or <laughs> DMT, DMT, whatever, and come come and come out the other end as being hardcore, yeah,
0: Southern Baptist, yeah, Jewish. right, <laughs> You're right. They come out doing the ayahuasca trip no. for a week. They're like, God hates fags. God, <laughs> like, no, give me one, give me one.
1: <laughs> no, they come out, they come out, fucking Eastern, like Buddhist AF,
0: like no. That I just said fags, but I, I don't mean it in a real way. Like I swear to God. Like I'm just quoting signs. You know what I, you know what I mean? Shit. Oh. Fuck. Don't worry about me, like I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the fuck this shit's still recording. No, I am in no place to say that in a real way. It's still it's just
1: an unfortunately funny word.
0: Well, I mean, in that context I think it is. Like to quote them saying that, you know. Sure. But Which is how I would only ever say it. Right. Totally. Totally. And again, like, if you know what we're doing, like, we're not, again, I'm not going to use that word to fucking besmirch. Is that the word? Someone? Of course. This is why we made the shirt on Heretic Happy Hour that says God Loves Gays. That's why I bought the shirt. That's why I wear the shirt and shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy that shirt. You will have to. HereticHappy slash store. <laughs> Get all your sweet ass apparel. <laughs> we got some good stuff. Have you seen the pillows? Have you ever seen the pillows? No, honestly. Honestly, I'm, I'm sorry. I haven't are you been fucking on serious? The website yet? Oh my god! Go to the website heritacapriar dot com, and go to the store and look at the pillows. Awesome. The pillows are like these like cliche Christianese pillows that you'd see in some fucking like Christian store, but they're like the most asinine <laughs> Bible verses. Like, there's one that is from Satan it just says Luke I think 4-7 something about like everyone who bows down and worships me blah 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 something like that And but it's Satan and you think it's because it's like got flowers and branches and shit It looks all pretty you think oh Jesus Jesus quote <laughs> so we do shit like that and we had like um, Psalm 137 9 which is like blessed are those who bash the, the heads of children on the rock <laughs> and we have like we have a a, a pillow that's all like red like blood splatter but it looks pretty And it just says blessed and then saw 137. (laughs) Fucking troll status to 11. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get some of that shit. (laughs) Makes a perfect post-Christmas gift. And they're like good quality. Oh, they're super quality. Shirts and sweatshirts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ralph and I are both kind of like t-shirt snobs, so we made sure it's like really, like the shirts are really cool. The pillows are top quality. Yeah, everything is good quality. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to stock up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go on there. It's fucking awesome. I got one shirt just that says God Loves Gays, and it's super comfy. It's like that. It's not the like Hanes beefy tea. It's like the real nice, nice, soft material. Nice, soft cotton. Yeah. We should have gotten hemp or something, but we didn't. Um, But whatever.
1: As long as it fits okay.
0: Like if honestly, it fits good but I honestly like good and feels good yeah it's a little tight for me it's a medium and I've been working on it so much that mediums don't always fit remember that shirt you gave me that was fucking like from Georgia you said it was too tight yeah like that shit is painted on me right now I've just been doing so much fucking lifting man you still wear it sometimes because it looks good still <laughs> it just shows off my muscles no, but it's still a little tight. It's like, uh, maybe a large. But sometimes larges are too bulky. I don't like baggy shirts. I like them fitted. But it's Me too. I, I go with large just to be safe. Yeah. I'm an awkward shape, though. I'm an awkward shape, especially with pants. Like tall some and lanky. Tall and lanky. But now I'm bulked out a little bit. So, But still, it's like a large. Sometimes it's too baggy. And sometimes a medium is too tight. So it's like, well, fuck. Right. Shoot. Like, yeah, if I had the money employ a Taylor. A Taylor. There you go. That's fucking awesome. hashtag first world problems. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But, oh. Well, you want to wrap it up pretty soon? Oh, I'm I'm done now. Yeah. I've got a couple of things to conclude with. Oh, yeah. I will course. say that, on the one hand, if you grew up in a fucking, like, a fundamentalist mindset and you think you have to interpret the bible a certain way you don't at the same time you don't have to swing the pendulum too far and the bible can still be or any text can still be beneficial to your life that's that's where i'm at maybe it's the middle way the third way you can appreciate your tradition you can appreciate christianity and you can appreciate the bible even or the bhagavad-gita or the quran it's all about interpretation And once you get that, you'll realize the importance of of things, I think.
1: Yeah, just, I mean, look for truth wherever. Um, Yeah. I mean, just affirm whatever you see within any tradition and don't worry about how you're labeled. Right. Don't worry about being labeled a Christian or a Muslim or...
0: No. If you want to take on that label, take it on happily and say, but I'm not defined by that label. Am I still a Christian? In some ways, for sure.
1: Oh, well, right. Like I, I'm proud to be called a Buddhist. I'm proud to be called a Christian. There you go. A Hindu. Um,
0: but but you're you're none of those things at the same time. At the same time. At the, yeah. S- yeah. At the right. same time. Right. Uh, like it's the paradox of the whole thing. Yeah. I'm not a
1: Christian, but
0: I'm a Christian. I'm a I'm a
1: Christian <laughs> in this context right here. Right. But that's not. That's not how I define myself. Ultimately, I right. don't I don't define myself. Uh-huh. The 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 biggest definition behind not below not <laughs> defining myself would be human. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm a human being. Yeah. And then I'm whatever. I'm and a specific. Right. Karmic energy mm. that's sitting across from that. Basement. You should be so lucky, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I I don't
1: take it for granted. You
0: shouldn't. You sh- <laughs> no, it's good though. I like that. I like that. So well, that would we'll, we'll conclude our um, our first episode of 20, 2020, Can you believe this shit? Twenty twenty. I can believe it, but it's still awesome. It's just kind of weird to me, man. It's kind of fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. I remember
1: being 20 and worrying about Y2K. (laughs) No, you were, okay. Or, well, being younger than 20 and worrying about Y2K. Right. And now I'm like twice as old. Right. It's trippy. It's trippy as
0: fuck, man. It's really trippy. It's really fucking trippy. I could sit and think about that for a while. It's weird, man. But, uh... I think it's time to wrap this up. Hope everyone had a good, uh, new year. I'm going to say this. If you do new year's resolutions, I said it last time, like fucking stick with it. And everyone does fitness shit. And it's like, you can't fuck around with that shit. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to do it, do it big and fucking do it. Don't be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) so any of your resolutions like be serious about it like don't just do it for a month if you don't want fuck with resolutions don't do it and that's fine
1: be serious and expecting that you're gonna get some pushback like yes and every dude
0: it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard don't expect it to be easy no it's the thing about like like I've been working out for a long time but in 2019 I was like I'm gonna fucking go hard and it was not easy and I hurt myself a lot my body hurt a lot but there was something to the fact that you stick with something and you fucking do it mm-hmm. and i don't no care matter how you feel no matter how you feel you're just like i'm going to do this fuck this shit i'm doing it and it pays off like you feel good like you take your clothes off and, at night you take a shower you're like all right like <laughs> you know catch yourself in the mirror you're just like all right cool you yeah. know,
1: you you wake up the next morning and you're like Hey, I didn't have the bowl of ice cream.
0: No. I feel awesome. Right no, now. Fuck that shit. Fuck that ice cream. Fuck that sugar. And just do it, man. But whatever your resolution is, like, just just do it. I love the Joe Rogan quote about, um, like, be the hero of your own movie. If your life's a movie, like, fucking, what's the main character? What's the hero going to do? And do that. Like, that's fucking great advice. No, yeah, that's
1: total... Yeah, that's the emotional uh, component right there.
0: Yes, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with emotions, man. That's why I got to tell myself for this fucking... Well, it's, I mean, it's the energy.
1: It's the energy that you need. Yes,
0: about. you need the yeah, you need the emotional energy. That's what I got to tell myself about doing this fucking hip-hop in front of people mm. in L.A. Like, fucking, like, what would the hero of your movie, or of your story do? Movie, whatever. He'd go down there and fucking kill it. Walk out there like a fucking boss and do it. That's what I gotta do. That's what you got that's what everyone's gotta do, man. No, because the the point
1: is that if you don't even try, you just you you automatically failed. Uh Whereas if you at least try well, I mean your Um, chances are
0: better than not That's right. Not doing it at all. That's right. So go fucking do it, man. Whatever your resolution is, go go fucking do it. And do it big. And as always, do it while not being a total dick. I kinda wanna say don't be a cunt. <laughs> Is that okay? For twenty twenty, can we say don't be a cunt? I mean it's it's fine with me. It's a word, but some people might be offended. Oh my god. But don't be a dick. And if you are a dick, like be quick to apologize and shit, and we're all dicks. We're all cunts. If you're a dick, be micro dick. Be micro dick, as always. But yeah. Anyway, peace and love, have a good New Year's, do something kind for someone, and fucking go out there and kill it this year, man. This is your your year, no matter what happens, it's your year.
1: I don't know. Seems like a big year.
0: Seems like a big year. It is 2020. 2020 vision. Go have tw- <laughs> Put that on me meme. Peace out.